Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Heart Snugglers. We're hoping you have an amazing day today. And I brought a lovely friend that I met on Yoni Circle. And I actually got to meet in person And when I went to India. So I'm so excited to share her with you today. And yeah, go ahead and tell them what you do and who you are. Hey, everybody. To all the Heart Snugglers out there, hello, hello. I'm Anucha, and I am a jewelry designer and a mindfulness coach. From India, I design crystal and silver jewelry. I take up custom orders. I also coach people on mindfulness and spiritual journeys, like trauma healing, spiritual ascension, manifestation. And I think uh, that's just part of who I am. I'm also a fierce feminist, and I believe the world really needs safe spaces. So I'm all about creating safe spaces, be it in person or in the virtual world. Ah, so good. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your magic with the world. And I love that too. Like we often think we have to do one thing, but we can have multiple passions and help people in multiple ways. And I also, her jewelry is incredible. You must check it out. I love it. I have a few pieces and I just have some of her crystals. She finds really beautiful like powerful crystals so the first question i always ask is what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you um the last random act of kindness someone did for me is i think the last time so recently i moved homes and i set up this entire space by myself the last random act of kindness that someone did was selflessly just came and helped me set up this space through and through helped me through to set up this space I think that was I never even asked for it and it just like yeah I truly appreciate that friend oh that's so sweet I love that one yay what a nice friend our community is everything like seriously so important so great I love that and I would love to know how you got started in your work and when did you start tapping into your spirituality I think I started tapping into my spirituality about uh, five years, close to five years ago now. It began with actually need for mindfulness and like not many of us realize the importance of mindfulness, right? So similarly for me, I think I looked towards mindfulness when I was having insomnia. There, I went through a trauma because of which I couldn't sleep in the night. And uh, the insomnia continued for a couple of months and I did not want to go down the medication route. So I wanted to first explore what else I can do before I I go to the medication route because I knew that was always there, but I wanted to explore every other holistic mean before I do that. And I remember listening to starting with the sleep ritual and like listening to mindfulness uh, guided meditation tracks. And that was literally the only thing that could put me to sleep. But what I realized is the more I meditated, the more I enjoyed it. And the more I enjoyed it, the more I did it. Even when I didn't just want to go to sleep, 
and it gave me great clarity of thought. It led to my own spiritual awakening as well. And um, yeah, I think that's how my uh, spiritual journey began. And I also come from a family of healers and shamans. So I think it was very easy for me to sort of fall into it. Wow, that's so amazing. And I love, like, I have had that similar experience too, where I had acne at a young age. And they're like, oh, you need to be put on this antibiotic for every single day of your life for the rest of your life. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) That does not feel right. And so... Yeah, it's like listening to that intuition of maybe there is something else possible. And and then I started exploring other ways too. Like when I got the flu, I was like, I would start to look up holistic things. I was like, no way. Can you just drink some lemon water and ginger? And like, you know, and I was like, uh, when I tried it and it works. And so, yes, I love listening to those inklings. And I'm so curious, you growing up with shamans, like, so they didn't like push you to like go down that path. Or what was that kind of upbringing like? Um. So no, I think my great-grandmother was a shaman and a healer and to an extent where a lot of people would come to her for healing, like simple things like from nightmares to sprains to pains and aches and a lot of like children are not eating and they suddenly stop eating, they would bring them to her and she would just heal them. And she really asked you know, my grandmother to take on the skill, which never happened because my grandmother never believed in any of it. But somehow it skipped a generation. And my mom is also a healer, but she's a therapist, right? She's a therapist and a healer in her own way. And she's had a lot of spiritual experiences. And cut down to me, when I began my spiritual journey, the first contact that I had with my spirit guides was my great-grandmother and my grandmother. So it just felt like suddenly I was just, I just had all of that library of knowledge just given to me and be like, now it's your journey now. So yeah, that's how it was passed on to me. Unlike many people who are initiated into it and who are, you know, from childhood sort of pushed into it. I think I had a very different journey. All of my learnings have come through meditation and really connecting with my spirit guides and listening to their guidance and yeah, seeking from there. Amazing. And I actually have heard that before, like it skips sometimes a generation, like that is common. Um, But I love that. And it's like, there doesn't have to be that one way of like, you have to be from your childhood, you know, it's like, oh, I can still access these gifts later. And that's really beautiful. And so how do you incorporate that in your life? Like, does everyone know that you are the spiritual or do you just kind of, um, yeah, what, what is your experience? Um, so for, for a very long time, like I said, this journey started about five years ago, but when it all started, I had no idea of what was happening because it just felt very strange. Like, how do you even talk about it? Right. Like (laughs) awakening one night and you don't feel the same anymore. And like, you're talking to your spirit guides and they communicate with you. Like, how do you even say that and sound norms? Right. I struggled with it for a very long time. Like I was a closeted spiritual uh, shaman of some sorts. And I think a large part of it, I was also like scared. Like if I tell this to somebody, would they judge me that I'm something is wrong with me? Right. Or like not everybody understands it and it's their own journey and nobody needs to understand it. But for me to reach that point, I had to go through my own transformation in life. I had to come to my power and sort of break whatever conditioning has been laid on me from years of living on this planet and be like, 
and really reclaim my power and i think that has come through in the last two years time and uh, now i think everybody who knows me knows what i do that i'm intuitive i'm a tarot reader i do healing and yeah i have clients for mindfulness and so now it's no longer something that i'm worried about or i'm i'm no longer seeking validation i think that's the best way to put it and so yeah yeah it's so normal i remember it. i have a similar experience i mean i i don't have that background but i do you know i'm spiritual and it's so hard at first to come out because of all the judgments of others but like it's yeah exactly what you said at the end like it's not about how they perceive you it's like oh these are my gifts and i get to use them and they've <laughs> transformed my life so like i can't deny that so yeah that's so amazing so let's talk about your business let's start with your wonderless art and share how that came about and like maybe some of your favorite crystals i think wonderlust came about so i started off my career being a lecturer of biology so i was a professor at college and i taught biology and for the longest time i've been really artistically oriented and i've always wanted to get into design and fine art but i wasn't sure how to do it and i think from the time i was in a pre university i've always designed my own jewelry because every time i would go to pick out accessories i'd be like i like this color but maybe not the shape or i like the shape i don't like the color and things like that so it started off with designing my own jewelry and then as i grew um through college i would design for my friends and when i joined uh, the college as a lecturer i would design for my colleagues and that was like a side hustle and um when i saw the opportunity to really take it up full time i was like maybe this is the next best thing for me like i think i was confident enough to decide to get into like jewelry designing full time and then over a period of time that has evolved into designing crystal and silver jewelry now so yeah that's how the journey began and one of my favorite crystals to work with hands down is my rose quartz I love rose quartz and I think it's just such a beautiful energy that it gives off. Uh rose quartz and amethysts are my favorite to work with and uh, also tourmaline. Um black tourmaline I don't think is given enough credit but it's one of the most healing and grounding stones on the planet. Anybody who has worked with a black tourmaline will know how potent it is and I, uh, this is one of the pieces that I've designed. and i literally carry this everywhere like i don't step out of any space without wearing the black tourmaline on me and it sort of keeps anything excess anything dense sort of at bay and grounds it all into the earth so yeah so powerful will you describe what the other two stones the benefits are for people that might not know so rose quartz uh, is this light pinkish tinted crystal and it helps you attract love and when i say love people generally tend to always think that oh it's if it's love it has to be like a lover or a soulmate but the stone is so beautiful that it helps you attract love in literally every form because these stones have energies that help you attract that are not you know conditioned it's not about conditioning it doesn't come through conditioning love in any form it could be from a friend from a platonic source it could be self love the way you talk to yourself changes you become a lot more kinder to yourself if you have a rose quartz around and as for an amethyst um i think amethyst 
is one of the most common stones everybody would have seen it it's a purple colored stone and it's a stone of tranquility so when you're with it you always feel very calm and very grounded it helps you get tranquil sleep so if you're having sleep difficulty just slip some amethyst under your bed and sleep it also helps greatly with dream recall so if you're somebody who can't remember your dreams when you wake up having an amethyst around in your living space helps you remember your dreams yeah so it also channels intuition so if you're somebody who can't trust your intuition working with an amethyst always helps you to gain that trust in your own intuition so yeah mm, so good love stones they're all so fun and there's so many like i definitely want to learn more about all the stones but it's it's really fun and if you're like i don't believe in that shit well just try it you know just give it a go and see what happens and like be open-minded because you I was like that too, of course, at first, however, like they're really potent and it's just fun to like bring back that inner child. Like what if this were to bring me more love? Like, and just, that's the thing. Like the more we just open ourselves up to possibilities and the needs just kind of like magnetize those energies. So I think that's really fun. And then I'd love to hear about your coaching. Yeah. So, uh, in my coaching program, I coach, uh, based on needs, I tailor make a coaching program like most. Um, so depending on what the client needs, so some people, they are like, you know, for those of us in the spiritual world know that the entire planet's vibrations are shifting. So, which means a lot of people are awakening. A lot of people are becoming spiritually oriented. A lot of people are seeing synchronicities and signs and angel numbers and all of that. And you have no idea what to do with any of this. Like you have no idea of where to begin. And when you try to look for it on the internet, there's just abundance of information that you don't know what to take and what to leave. So I think one is I help people with their spiritual ascension, where I help them understand what's happening and sort of walk them on their journey till they're comfortable to walk by themselves. For some of them, I help them with childhood trauma, inner child trauma, divine feminine trauma, or even their own inner divine masculine traumas that they need healing from. Um, other than that, I do coach people on mindfulness, especially people who are under stress and anxiety triggers, how to manage triggers, how to manage anger. And for some people, I coach them on manifestation techniques and how to manifest your ideal life and, you know, how to have the energy to manifest what you're really desiring from your heart and sort of breaking those subconscious conditioning that is preventing you from getting what you truly desire. So yeah, that's my coaching program. Amazing. And so anything I want to ask, let's just start with the last one. So what are some common blocks that you see in people when they're trying to manifest? So what, some of the common blocks is firstly, I think people don't believe in their heart that they deserve what they're trying to manifest. There is something that is blocking them from believing that they deserve it. I think that's one of the most common things that I see across whatever it is, be it money, be it love, be it, um, you know, friendship, be it an ideal home or a work promotion. Deep down, there's a conditioning that's telling them that they don't deserve it. And that's the reason why even if their mouth is telling them I want it, the energy is telling them, no, you don't deserve it. So it's about reprogramming yourself to understanding that you actually deserve it and you deserve the best in life. And another one that I see is something that you're attracting. Your subconscious is programmed to believe that that same thing is going to bring you pain and heartbreak. 
So like for example, with money, this is something that I've seen most commonly, although your words are telling, I want more money, I want luxury. Your subconscious believes that having more money equals more worries or having more money equals more pain. So you're blocking yourself and doing the opposite of getting money. You're giving away opportunities and not really acting on it. So I think these are the two top uh, issues that I've seen where you tend to self-sabotage anything good happening to you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot in my coaching too. And we were doing subconscious reprogramming in my program, my group coaching. And it's just so powerful. Like we, I don't think we realize like our adult self knows who we are, what we want, like most of the time. And then it's not like the little child in you that the, our subconscious was reprogrammed from zero to seven years old. Like it is outdated information that's still running our lives. And so we really have to go in and we can't just keep ignoring it because it's gonna like, yeah, if you want to know what your subconscious is, just look at your life around you. Like it's your current reality. So yeah, it's a really important thing that we have to do. This is for anyone that has female reproductive organs. Your period symptoms are not normal. Let me make that motherfucking loud and clear. You don't need to settle for cramps and mood swings every month. You don't need to accept breakouts, low energy, breast tenderness, heavy periods, bloating, or any symptom as an unavoidable part of your cycle. You don't need to settle for anything less than perfect hormonal health. These monthly symptoms are your body's way of communicating an underlying hormone imbalance that needs to be addressed. At My Moonbox, natural, uncomplicated, and effective products created by qualified practitioners are made for you. Made to balance your hormones, improve your periods, and have you feeling your best all month long. They've done the work for you, created the products your hormones need, and compiled all the essential cycle knowledge into their ebooks and courses that, so that you're provided with everything you should have been taught since the very beginning. Go ahead and grab yourself a moon box, use the code HEARTSNUGGLES for 10% off, and feel empowered about your period, baby! And I also want to circle back to you were saying um, divine feminine trauma. And I know India has a lot of very harsh views for women and very constricting. Like after being there, like I heard about it, but just witnessing like, holy, you guys are not able to be liberated in any form. So I would love to hear how you help people with that and like what your journey has been with it. Yeah, I think, um, see, firstly, Although all of these concepts are actually stemming from India, right? In Tantra, that's where you find the root of all of this. Where in Tantra, we believe that every human being on this planet at the end of the day is a soul and a soul has both divine masculine and feminine. And that is where the concept of the Linga is even coming from, right? The Shivalinga is nothing but the Yoni and the Linga, which is the divine masculine and feminine in union. And that is a representation of yourself. And that is you as a human being, you are both feminine and masculine. And I think from years and years of conditioning, it is sort of so divided and become so polar that we are having, you know, toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, where we believe that men have to be a certain way and women have to be a certain way. And it's very restrictive. And now in this transitional society where women are understanding their rights and talking more about it, you get a lot of backlash on it too. And what I've also noticed is we have two types of women now. One type who are conforming to the ideal woman who is docile and soft and all of that. And the other side is women who believe that they need to be more masculine in order to be taken seriously. 
right? That is still a divine feminine wound where you feel like you need to be masculine all of the times that you're uncomfortable with your femininity. I think that is, you know, equally traumatizing and terrorizing in most often. So what we do in most of our group therapy sessions and in our divine feminine retreats is get people to experience both sides, like try to get into the softer emotion, try to embrace their sensuality, not from a masculine standpoint, because I think even our own sexuality is tinted by the masculine eye that we believe that our sexuality is like we are sexy only if we are a certain way. Again, that is not driven by our own perspective, but by the perspective of the masculine society. So we do these programs where we help people explore themselves and like explore their femininity through art, through writing and through mindfulness practices and through embodiment. So that really helps crack that problem that we're facing where we feel like we have to be either or odd. And for us to be able to accept that you can be both, you can be both masculine and feminine, and it's okay to be that way. So yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've seen. And biggest challenge is definitely, we have all of these women who are evolving, who are embracing their true selves, but they're going right back into their toxic homes, right? So which leads to a lot of conflicts in their home environment. And we're trying to right now, with another very close friend and partner of mine, um, we're trying to build safe spaces for men as well, where they can come and explore their feminism, their femininity, their divine feminine, and say that it's okay for you to feel emotions. Like you don't have to have it all under control all the time. So hopefully we will be able to create a change. You are, you really are. Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so good. Yes, people get really confused. It's like we all have inner masculine and inner feminine. And I'm seeing that like alpha feminine so much now. They're like, okay, I'm a CEO. I always working, like doesn't know how to soften. And that's such a big problem as well. It's just as big of a problem as being the other way. And so it's like, it's really important to integrate and find that in between. So, and especially for men too, it's like teaching them like, you know, people still have homophobia. Like, oh my gosh, if I start to soften, then does that mean, you know, it's like, what? No. <laughs> and it's okay if you end up do, you know, it's like, anyways, but so I'd love for you to give a journal prompt of like, maybe someone wants to start exploring some of their patterns. What would be a journal prompt to use for exploring their divine feminine? Um, so one of the common journal prompts that we've used to explore the divine feminine is when do you feel most sexy that's one of my favorites and it comes out with such different ideas so some people it's when they're touching their necks for some people it's when they're getting wet in the rain for some people it's wearing pajamas for some people it's wearing sexy lingerie and this is all for yourself so when do you feel more sexy? And that is not from the eye of somebody else. But when, you, when you're in your lonesome, what act you're doing makes you feel sexy? It could be tasting food, right? So yeah, it's, that's one of my favorite prompts to work with. And another favorite prompt to work with is uh, what do I feel being a woman? Mm -hmm. So for many people, this brings up many things. For some people, it brings up power that I'm, I feel powerful being a woman. For most people, it says, I feel helpless being a woman or I'm angry being a woman or that I feel like I'm always controlled because I'm a woman. 
So this is another thing that brings up very different, varied answers. And depending on your answer, you know which parts of your life you need work on. Mm-hmm. Yes, so important. Both those questions, I think it's you need to like look at that and be like, what does being a woman mean to me? Because that is your programming and that's where you can work with and start to transform things. And the sexy thing, like, holy, most of my life, I always was like, I needed to look like this to be sexy. Like, you know, even like with my arms, I have very hairy arms. And I used to like wax them all the time as a kid because I was so embarrassed because people would make fun of me. But I'm like, that was doing it for them. Like that, I don't want to have, this is just what I'm born with. Like, I'm not going to change this. So yeah, there's so many little things that you can look at and start to deprogram. So Thanks for sharing those. And I hope you guys actually try them because it's really important. If you want to change, you can't just keep learning. You have to take action. And that's why I always like to give you guys some things you can start doing. And you also talked about embodiment. So what's an embodiment? First off, if people don't know what embodiment is, maybe just describe a little bit and then a practice they could try there. Um, So embodiment, as the term goes, is just coming into your body. I think throughout our lives and throughout most part of our awake time in a day what we're doing is everything is focused outwards from our vision to our hearing to every sense in your body is focused outwards including our own thoughts are projecting outwards nothing is controlled or going inwards so embodiment is essentially sitting with yourself and taking your consciousness inwards into every part of your body like Taking time to feel your forehead, taking time to feel your eyes, taking time to feel your cheeks or your neck or even your fingers, right? Like how often do you actually mindfully touch your fingers and are aware of how that feels like? You're not even doing it when you're in bed with another partner because your brain is so constantly thinking. So embodiment is essentially being able to bring your awareness completely into your body And what this does is during our course of our life, where we're so busy in the hustle of the everyday, when we are having these emotions and traumas and, you know, little irritations and annoyances, what we do is we push it under the rug. Now, what is pushing it under the rug is storing it in our physical body. It could be stored literally anywhere in your lower back, in your neck, in your face, in your breasts, in your elbows. You can literally store it anywhere in your body. And embodiment really helps you become aware of what is the trauma that you're holding on physically and releasing it. So it is very similar to an EFT tapping, like, you know, emotional freedom tapping, where you are tapping different points. That's pretty much the same embodiment, bringing, you know, becoming really aware of one point in your body and bringing out the emotion that you feel there. So in this case, like one of my first experiences that I had I thought the embodiment practice was really lame and how could you possibly hold something in your body? And like when my guide was walking me through it and when I came to my breasts, I just automatically started crying and I didn't know where those tears were flowing from. So it came from all the hate and the shame I felt for myself from being sexually assaulted and I blamed myself and I held all of that hate in my breasts. And it took me just one session to release all of that. So embodiment is a really, really powerful practice for you to get into your body and release something stagnant that you've been holding on and lugging around. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's really, it is powerful. And it's, we avoid it. Like sometimes you might like, you know, like accidentally rub across your breast or even like your legs or something. And you're like, oh, that didn't feel good. Like 
that was weird. I felt something weird. So we keep avoiding it. And it's like, yes, when you do get in touch with it, it's not going to be comfortable at first. And at first it's like, it's hard because you're faced with the discomfort, but on the other side of that is peace and is that state of like contentment. And you do have to move through the pain. Otherwise you're just going to keep carrying it and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and your body just starts to shut down more and more and more. And so it's like layer by layer, the more that you can get in touch with that, the more that you can feel that sense of freedom and lightness. And like, we want to feel light. We don't want to have to be heavy all the time. So thank you. That's it's so important to just start to, yeah, just connect with your body. Like little, little moments of the day. Just can you really be present with your body? Because all of my clients that I see are in the mind. You know, and it's so common. Like I was too my entire life until I learned that I had a body. <laughs> I was like, oh, I actually live in a body. <laughs> so yeah, I really, I understand that. And I'd love for you to share like as a fellow coach, like why it's so important for people to invest in themselves and actually start getting some support and knowing that they don't have to do this journey on their own. Um, so I think the first thing is that as coaches, we invest time in technique and resources in learning the skill with both practice as well as with, you know, educating ourselves on how it's done. And when somebody is just doing it on their own, you might feel stuck. You might feel like you're doing something wrong, but you don't have anybody to go to. You don't have an accountability partner. So you somewhere get lazy along the way on the journey. But if you have a coach to push you through, it's, it's very similar to anything that you do with the, imagine Olympics, right? Every sportsman have their own coach. And what does the coach do? They teach you the techniques to win. So pretty much the same thing happens with, you know, mindfulness and spiritual coaches too. They make sure that you win in life. And they're there to tell you that you've got this when you feel like, no, everything around me is crashing. And I think that is why, you know, having a coach is so important. Firstly, to teach you the right technique to win. And secondly, to show up for you and make sure that you're accountable to yourself and make sure that you're not slacking anywhere and you're not letting life get in the way of you or pull you down or pull your energies down. I think that's where a coach really comes in and investing in a coaching program is not essentially throwing money at a coach, but it's actually investing in yourself and investing in your victories, investing in your love for yourself. I think that's what it is. Yes, I agree. How do you help people? Because it is an investment and it's supposed to be a stretch. It's not just like, here's $20, like, because that will make the change. So how do you help people make that leap of like, uh, to make them put, pay for that coach, which like you just said, isn't really paying for them. It's paying for you. Well, I see one of the common things that I believe and I say is that this is not going to be an easy thing. If you're thinking that this is like any other Zumba or yoga class that you are registering to and taking it for two days and then letting it go the third day when aches and pains start, it's not going to happen that way. Because I believe that you need to push through those aching days if you want transformation to happen. It's very similar to Kintsuki, right? Like the Japanese art where they put the broken pottery together with gold. Light cannot enter you unless you're put in an uncomfortable situation where you're nearly breaking. Only when there's a crack, light can enter in. And if you're really so closed off within yourself, believing that everything you're doing is right, you can't really explore yourself. You can't really grow into the next best version of yourself. You have to come out of that cocoon. That cocoon has to break. 
only then you can really spread your wings to the next level of growth. So I think that's what I tell them. If you want to stay in the cocoon, the cocoon is safe, great. You might live in safe. three days. <laughs> you can live in last there for the next three days because after that you're going to feel hungry and then you're going to perish. Or you can choose to, you know, take this leap of faith and really crack open that cocoon and see what else is out there in the world. It is a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. So mm -hmm. that's essentially what I tell them, like, You've got the wings, you've got everything that you need to succeed, but you're just sitting on all of this resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would be, anybody would be doing a disservice to themselves and not honoring themselves if they're not putting in the work to be the best version of themselves and constantly evolving to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, there's, it's, we have a lifetime of learning and a lifetime of growing and that's so exciting. And it's never too late. It is literally never too late. I. I've been in many circles and many experiences where there's like 67 year olds and they're just starting and they're having massive transformations. And for them, since they've lived a lot of time, it actually happens quicker because they're like, oh, wow, like I can, you know, but anyways, no matter where you're at on the journey, it's like, stop waiting for the perfect moment or the perfect time or the extra money that's going to come. It's like, how can you make it happen instead of just being like, oh, I, I don't have the money, but it's like, how can you make that happen and actually want this for yourself to make that change? Because it is so important. And after being someone that, you know, I had so much trauma my whole life. I was so quiet and reserved. I was so lost. Like I was, you know, and now after a few years, I'm a completely different person. Like I live life so differently, so fully. And it's just like such a different experience, but it took that leap of like, oh, I got to put, put this money in and I've never come from money. Like I've never really had that much money. And for some reason I was like, okay, like I just should do this. And every time it's paid off, the money has come back in some random way. And I would never regretted it, like never. And so I just think that's really important too. And as a coach, like I always have a mentor, someone helping me. Cause it's not like, oh, you just get one coach and you're done. <laughs> it doesn't work like that either, which is like, well, then what's the point? But same with anything in life. You can't just go to the gym once and be like, yeah, I'm good for the rest of my life. So yeah, thank you for sharing all that. And thank you for being on this podcast today. I love this conversation. Actually, the last question of the podcast is if someone is struggling, what would you let them know? Um, I would say be kind to yourself. If you're struggling, the struggle will pass. And for somebody who's in the eye of the storm, all you see around you is the storm. So you feel really bogged down and heavy because of it. So anybody who's struggling is also in the eye of the storm. So you, all around you, you feel like everything is crashing. But if you just drift a little above that and look at things from a higher perspective, you'll realize in the grand scheme of things, even your struggles have been for your best. And they've always helped you evolve into a more wiser version of you, a more potent, efficient version of yourself. So... Yeah, I think that's what I tell anybody who is struggling to be kind and to just hang in there. Find the light inside of your heart and just hold on to it and you'll get through it. Yeah, I agree. It's so important. And just like even reflecting back on your life, have you made it through a different struggle? Like I know you probably made it through 10 more struggles. So yeah, just know that you will make it through. So thanks for that beautiful wisdom. And the zoom out is so important. That's just like a common reflection coming in every area of my life. Like how can you zoom out of whatever situation you're in? Because we get so laser focused and so wrapped in whatever problem it is. It's like, take a breath, 
go out and look at it from a bird's eye perspective. So that's a great reminder. And if anyone wants to work with you, what are you offering right now? Where can they find you? Um, so they can reach out to me via my Instagram handle that is mindfully green one 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 one. And uh, also you can check out my website, which is wanderlustartboutique.com. Uh, all of my crystal jewelry and everything is there. It's going through a revamp right now. So my coaching programs will also be there maybe in a month's time. I'm reworking on the whole website flow. But otherwise, you can always talk to me about it, be it, you know, if you want to get a tarot reading done for yourself or you want to experiment and have like one trial session or sample session of the coaching program and then decide for yourself of what you, whether you'd like to enroll for it, definitely hit me up and I'm happy to help anybody who's willing to help themselves. Yay. Thank you so, so much. I'm so grateful for this and everyone, I definitely recommend go checking her out and trying her work. Thank you, Lexi. And I think this has been such a pleasure connecting with you uh, through Yoni Circle and then finally seeing you in person and now this, and I'm, I, I see that uh, our journeys are continuing so beautifully and I look forward to seeing more of you and I wish you so much luck with heart snuggles and everything that you're doing and sending you the highest vibes and lots of love. Thank you, you too. <laughs> Thank you.